0: section fifty three of london labour and the london poor by henry mayhew volume one this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by peter yearsley the street folk part fifty three an epitome of the pattering class i wish before passing to the next subject the street sellers of manufactured articles of one of whom the engraving here given furnishes a well-known specimen i wish i say as i find some mistakes have occurred on the subject to give the public a general view of the patterers as well as to offer some few observations concerning the means of improving the habits of street people in general the patterers consist of three distinct classes namely those who sell something and patter to help off their goods those who exhibit something and patter to help off the show and those who do nothing but patter with a view to elicit alms. Under the head of patterers who sell may be classed paper workers, quack doctors, cheap jacks, grease removers, wager patterers, ring sellers, dealers in corn salve, dealers in razor paste, French polish, plating balls, candle shades, rat poisons, and blacking, book auctioneers. The second class of patterers includes jugglers, showmen, clowns, and fortune tellers, besides several exhibitors who invite public notice to the wonders of the telescope or microscope the third and last class of patras are those who neither sell nor amuse but only victimise those who get into their clutches these to use their own words do it on the bounce their general resort is an inferior public-house sometimes a brothel or a coffee-shop one of the tricks of these worthies is to group together at a window and if a well-dressed person pass by to salute him with the contents of a flower-bag one of their pals better dressed than the rest immediately walks out declares it was purely accidental and invites the gentleman in to be brushed probably he consents and still more probably if he be good-natured he is plied with liquor drugged with snuff for the occasion and left in some obscure court utterly stupefied when he awakes he finds that his watch purse and so on are gone a casual observer or even a stranger may be induced to contract a wayside acquaintance with the parties to whom i allude says one of the pattering class from whom i have received much valuable information and if he be a visitor of fairs and races that acquaintance though slight may sometimes prove expensive but casual observers cannot from the complexity and varied circumstances of the characters now under notice, form anything like a correct view of them. I am convinced that no one can but those who have visited their haunts, and indeed lived among them for months together. They are not to be known, any more than the great city was to be built, in a day. This advantage, if so it may be called, has fallen to my lot." the three classes of patterers above enumerated must not be confounded the two first are essentially distinct from the last at least they do something for their living and though the pattering street tradesmen may generally overstep the bounds of truth in their glowing descriptions of the virtues of the goods they sell still it should be remembered that they are no more dishonest in their dealings than the enterprising class of shopkeepers who resort to the printed mode of puffing off their wares indeed the street sellers are far less reprehensible than their more wealthy brother puffers of the shops who cannot plead want as an excuse for their dishonesty the recent revelations made by the lancet as to the adulteration of the articles of diet sold by the london grocers show that the patterers who sell practise far less imposition than some of our merchant princes a tradesman in tottenham court road whose address the lancet advertises gratis thus proclaims the superior quality of his finest white pepper one package of this article which is the interior part of the kernel of the finest pepper being equal in strength through nearly three times the quantity of black pepper which is the inferior small shrivelled berries and often little more than husks it will be not only the best but the cheapest for every purpose this super-excellent pepper sold in packages price one penny was found on analysis to consist of finely ground black pepper and a very large quantity of wheat flour indeed the lancet has demonstrated that as regards tea coffee arrowroot sugar and pepper sold by pattering shopkeepers the rule invariably is that those are articles which are the most puffed and warranted free from adulteration and to which the attention of families and invalids is particularly directed as being of the finest quality ever imported into this country are uniformly the most scandalously adulterated of all we should therefore remember while venting our indignation against pattering street sellers that they are not the only puffers in the world and that they at least can plead poverty in extenuation of their offence whereas it must be confessed that shopkeepers can have no other cause for their acts but their own brutalising greed of gain the class of patterers with whom we have here to deal are those who patter to help off their goods but while describing them it has been deemed advisable to say a few words also on the class who do nothing but patter as a means of exciting commiseration to their assumed calamities these parties it should be distinctly understood are in no way connected with the puffing street sellers but in the exaggerated character of the orations they deliver they are mostly professional beggars or bouncers that is to say cheats of the lowest kind and will not work or do anything for their living this at least cannot be urged against the pattering street-sellers who as was before stated do something for the bread they eat further to show the extent and system of the lodging and routes throughout the country of the class of lurkers and so on here described as all resorting to those places i got a patterer to write me out a list from his own knowledge of diverse routes and the extent of accommodation in the lodging-houses i give it according to the patterers own classification brighton is a town where there is a great many furnished cribs let to needies, nightly lodgers that are mulled up that is to say associated with women in the sleeping-rooms surrey and sussex wandsworth six, Dossing Cribs or Lodging Houses, nine beds, 108 needies or nightly lodgers. Croydon, nine Dossing Cribs or Lodging Houses, eight beds, 144 needies or nightly lodgers. Rygate, five Dossing Cribs or Lodging Houses, six beds, 60 needies or nightly lodgers. Cuckfield, two Dossing Cribs or Lodging Houses, eight beds, 32 needies or nightly lodgers. Horsham 3 dossing cribs or lodging houses, 7 beds, 52 needies or nightly lodgers. Lewis, 7 dossing cribs or lodging houses, 6 beds, 84 needies or nightly lodgers. Kingston, 12 dossing cribs or lodging houses, 8 beds, 192 needies or nightly lodgers. Brighton, 16 dossing cribs or lodging houses, 9 beds, two-hundred-and-twenty-eight needy or nightly lodgers. Bristol. A few years back an old woman kept a padding-ken here. She was a strong Methodist, but had a queer method. There was thirty standing beds, besides makeshifts and furnished rooms, which were called cottages. It's not so bad now. The place was well known to the munkery, and you was reckoned flat if you hadn't been there. The old woman, when any female, old or young, who had no tin, came into the kitchen, made up a match for her with some men. Fellows half drunk had the old women. There was always a broomstick at hand, and they was both made to jump over it, and that was called a broomstick wedding. Without that ceremony a couple weren't looked on as man and wife, in course the man paid in such case for the dos bed. Readers note another table of accommodation details. Again, the first figure is for dosing cribs or lodging houses, the second for beds, and the third for needies or nightly lodgers end reader's note kensington six dossing cribs seven beds eighty four needies brentford twelve dossing cribs eight beds one hundred and ninety two needies hounslow six dossing cribs five beds sixty needies colebrook two dossing cribs seven beds twenty needies windsor seven dossing cribs ten beds one hundred and forty needies maidenhead four dossing cribs five beds forty needies Reading twelve dosing cribs, nine beds, two hundred and sixteen needies. Oxford fourteen dosing cribs, seven beds, one hundred and ninety-six needies. Banbury ten dossing cribs, twelve beds, two hundred and forty needies. Marlborough eight dossing cribs, seven beds, one hundred and twelve needies. Bath ten dossing cribs, eight beds, one hundred and sixty needies. Bristol. 20 dossin' cribs, 11 beds, 440 needies. Counties of Kent and Essex. Here is the best places in England for skipper birds. Note. Parties that never go to lodging houses but to barns or outhouses, sometimes without a blanket. End note. The Kent farmers permit it to their own travellers, or the travellers they know. In Essex it's different. There a farmer will give a shilling rather than let a traveller sleep on his premises for fear of robbery. Keyhole whistlers, the skipper birds are sometimes called, but they're regular travellers. Kent's the first county in England for them. They start early to good houses for victuals when gentlefolk are not up. I've seen them doze and sleep against the door. They like to be there before anyone cuts their cart. Note. Exposes their tricks. End Travellers are all early risers. It's good morning in the country when it's good night in town. Kent. Deptford, eighteen dosing cribs, nine beds, three hundred and twenty four needies. Greenwich, six dossing cribs, eight beds, twenty six needies. Woolwich, nine dossing cribs, eight beds, one hundred and forty four needies. Gravesend, six dossing cribs, seven beds, eighty four needies. Chatham, twenty dosing cribs, ten beds, four hundred needies. Maidstone, five dosing cribs, seven beds, seventy needies. Sittingbourne, three dosing cribs, six beds, thirty-six needies, Sheerness, four dosing cribs, five beds, forty needies, Faversham, three dosing cribs, five beds, thirty needies, Canterbury, eleven dosing cribs, eight beds, one hundred and seventy-six needies, Dover, twelve dosing cribs, nine beds, two hundred and sixteen needies, Ramsgate, four dosing cribs, five beds, forty needies, Margate, six dosing cribs, six beds, 72 needies. Essex, Stratford, ten dossing cribs, nine beds, 180 needies. Ilford, three dossing cribs, seven beds, 52 needies. Barking, four dossing cribs, six beds, 48 needies. Billericay, five dossing cribs, seven beds, 70 needies. Orsett, two dossing cribs, eight beds, 32 needies. Rayleigh, three dossing cribs, nine beds, 54 needies. Rochford, 3 dossing cribs, 8 beds, 48 needies. Lee, 4 dossing cribs, 8 beds, 64 needies. Prettywell, 2 dossing cribs, 7 beds, 28 needies. Southend, 3 dossing cribs, 8 beds, 48 needies. Malden, 5 dossing cribs, 9 beds, 90 needies. Witham, 4 dossing cribs, 8 beds, 64 needies. Colchester, 15 dosing cribs, 10 beds, 300 needies. Windsor at ascot race time i've paid many one shillings just to sit up all night colchester life in london at the bugle called hell upon earth sometimes barnet five dossing cribs one bed eighty needies watford six dossing cribs eight beds ninety needies Hemel hempstead three dossing cribs five beds thirty needies uxbridge six dossing cribs seven beds eighty-four needies tring two dossing cribs, six beds, twenty-four needies. Dunstable, six dossing cribs, five beds, sixty needies. Stony Stratford, three dosing cribs, six beds, thirty-six needies. Northampton, thirteen dosing cribs, nine beds, two hundred and thirty-four needies. Toaster, four dosing cribs, seven beds, fifty-six needies. Daventry, five dossing cribs, nine beds, ninety needies. Coventry, sixteen dossing cribs nine beds two hundred and eighty-eight needies, birmingham fifty dossing cribs eleven beds one thousand one hundred needies, harts and bedfordshire edmonton fourteen dossing cribs seven beds one hundred and ninety-six needies, waltham abbey three dossing cribs six beds thirty-six needies, chesant street two dossing cribs seven beds twenty-eight needies, Hoddesdon. three dossing cribs Eight beds, 48 needies. Hartford, Nine dosing cribs, Nine beds, 162 needies. Ware, Seven dossing cribs, Ten beds, 140 needies. Puckeridge, Two dossing cribs, Five beds, 20 needies. Buntingford, Three dossing cribs, Eight beds, 48 needies. Royston, Four dossing cribs, Ten beds, 40 needies. Hitchin, Seven dossing cribs, Nine beds, 126 needies. Luton six dosing cribs eight beds ninety six needies bedford nine dosing cribs seven beds one hundred and twenty six needies st albans eight dosing cribs six beds ninety six needies suffolk and norfolk ipswich twenty four dosing cribs eight beds three hundred and eighty four needies hadley eight dosing cribs seven beds one hundred and twelve needies halstead five dosing cribs six beds sixty needies stowmarket four dossing cribs seven beds fifty-six needies woodbridge six dosing cribs five beds sixty needies sudbury four dossing cribs seven beds fifty-six needies Bury st edmunds eight dossing cribs eight beds one hundred and twenty-eight needies thetford three dossing cribs six beds thirty-six needies attleborough two dossing cribs five beds twenty needies windham one dosing crib eleven beds twenty two needies norwich forty dosing cribs nine beds seven hundred and twenty needies yarmouth sixteen dosing cribs eight beds two hundred and fifty six needies of the scrivers or writers of begging letters and petitions scriving—that that is to say writing false or exaggerated accounts of afflictions and privations is a necessary corollary to pattering, or making pompous orations in public, and I here subjoin a brief description of the business. For, although the screevers economically considered, belong properly to the class who will not work, yet as they are intimately connected with the street trade of begging, I have thought it best to say a few words on the subject here, reserving a more comprehensive and scientific view of the subject till such time as I come to treat of the professional beggar under the head of those who are able but unwilling to labour for their livelihood in contradistinction to the involuntary beggars who belong more properly to those who are willing but unable to work the subjoined information has been obtained from one who has had many opportunities of making himself acquainted with the habits and tricks of the class here treated of indeed at one part of his life he himself belonged to the profession in england and wales the number of vagrants committed to prison annually amounts to nineteen thousand six hundred and twenty one and as many are not imprisoned more than a dozen times during their lives and a few never at all the number of tramps and beggars may be estimated at the very lowest at twenty-two thousand throughout england and wales the returns from scotland are indeterminate of this wretched class many are aged and infirm others are destitute orphans while not a few are persons whose distress is real and who suffer from temporary causes with this excusable class however i have not now to do of professional beggars there are two kinds those who do it on the blob by word of mouth and those who do it by screeving that is by petitions and letters setting forth imaginary cases of distress Of these documents, there are two sorts, slums, letters, and fakements, petitions. These are seldom written by the persons who present or send them, but are the production of a class of whom the public little imagine either the number or turpitude. I mean the professional begging-letter writers. Persons who write begging-letters for others sometimes, though seldom, beg themselves. They are in many cases well supported by the fraternity for whom they write, a professional of this kind is called by the cadgers their man of business their histories vary as much as their abilities generally speaking they have been clerks teachers shopmen reduced gentlemen or the illegitimate sons of members of the aristocracy while others after having received a liberal education have broken away from parental control and commenced the profession in early life and will probably pursue it to their graves i shall take a cursory view of the various pretenses set forth in these begging documents says my informant and describe some of the scenes connected with their preparation the documents themselves are mournful catalogues of all the ills that flesh is heir to i address myself first to that class of petitions which represent losses by sea or perhaps shipwreck itself these documents are very seldom carried by one person unless indeed he is really an old sailor and to the credit of the navy be it spoken this is very seldom the case when the imposition under notice has to be carried out it is for the most part conducted by half a dozen worthless men dressed in the garb of seamen and known as turnpike sailors one of their number having really been at sea and therefore able to reply to any nautical inquiries which suspicion may throw out this person mostly carries the document and is of course the spokesman of the company Generally speaking the gang have a subscription book sometimes only a fly-leaf or two to the document to receive the names of contributors it may not be out of place here to give a specimen drawn from memory of one of those specious but deceitful fakements upon which the swells especially those who have been in the service come down with a couter sovereign if they granny the morley perceive the signature of a brother officer or friend the document is generally as follows these are to certify to all whom it may concern that the thunderer captain johnson was returning on her homeward bound passage from china laden with tea fruit and so on and having beside twenty passengers chiefly ladies and a crew of thirty hands exclusive of the captain and other officers that the said vessel encountered a tremendous gale off the banks of Newfoundland, and was dismasted, and finally wrecked at midnight on such a day, including the hour, latitude, and other particulars, that the above-named vessel speedily foundered, and only the second mate and four of the crew, the bearers of this certificate, escaped a watery grave. These, after floating several days on broken pieces of the ship, were providentially discovered and humanely picked up by the brig invincible captain smith and landed in this town and harbour of portsmouth in the county of hants that we the master of customs and two of her majesty's justices of the peace for the said harbour and county do hereby grant and afford to the said here follows the names of the unfortunate mariners this our vouchment of the truth of the said wreck and their connection therewith and do empower them to present and use this certificate for twenty-eight days from the date hereof to enable them to get such temporal aid as may be adequate to reaching their respective homes or any seaport where they may be reengaged and this certificate further showeth that they are not to be interrupted in the said journey by any constabulary or other official authority provided that is to say that no breach of the peace or other cognizable offence be committed by the said petitioners as witness our hands john harris m c one pound no shillings no pence james flood j p one pound no shillings no pence captain w hope r n j p one pound ten shillings no pence given at portsmouth this tenth day of october eighteen fifty god save the queen rev w wilkins one pound no shillings no pence an officer's widow no pounds ten shillings no pence an old sailor no pounds five shillings no pence a friend no pounds two shillings sixpence i have already hinted at the character and description of the persons by whom these forgeries are framed it would seem from the example given that such documents are available in every seaport or other considerable town but this is not the case it is true that certain kinds of documents especially sham hawker's licenses may be had in the provinces at prices suited to the importance of their contents or to the probable gains of their circulation but all the regular bang-up fakes are manufactured in the start metropolis and are sent into the country to order carefully packed up and free from observation the following note sent to carroty poll at mrs finder's lodging-house facing the and trumpet beer-shop hand street westminster london with speed may tend to illuminate the uninitiated as to how such fakements are obtained dear poll i hope this will find you and george in good health and spirits things is very bad here your sister liza has been confined and got a fine strapping boy they was very bad off when it happened. They say in my country it never rains but it pours, and so it was, poll for my William has got a month along with Cockney Harry for a glim lurk, and they come out next Monday, and I've pawned my new shift and every individual thing to get them a breakfast and a drop of rum the morning they comes out. They won't have no paper to work, and I don't know what they will do. Tailor Tom lent me a shilling, wish I send enclosed and you must pawn something for another shilling and get joe the lawyer to write a fake for william not a glim lost by fire but a break say as he had a horse fell down with the mad staggers and broke all his plates and dishes and we are starving you can say that the children has got the measles they have been ill that's no lie and we want to raise a little money to get another animal to draw the cart put a few monikers names to it and make it dirty and date it some time back do not neglect and don't fail to pay the post no more at present from your loving sister jane n at mr john h the sweep next door to the five bells grinsted colchester essex good-bye the person from whom the above letter was obtained was in the lodging-house when it arrived and had it given to him to read and retain for reference lawyer joe was soon sent for and the following is an outline of the scene that occurred given in my informant's own words i had called at the house whither the above letter had been addressed to inquire for a man whom i had known in his and my own better days the kitchen door or rather cellar door was thrust open and in came carroty poll herself well poll asked the deputy how does the world use you b blank bad was the reply where's lawyer joe Oh, he's just gone to Mother Linstead's for some tea and sugar. Here he comes. Joe, I've got a job for you. How much do you charge for screaving a break? Oh, half a bull, half a crown. No, I'll give you a deuce of diners, two shillings. Cos, don't you see, the poor bee, is in stir, prison. Well, well, I shan't stand for a tanner. Have you got paper? Yes, and a queen's head and all. The pen and ink were found, A corner of the table cleared, and operations commenced. "'He writes a good hand!' exclaimed one, as the scriver wrote the petition. "'I wish I could do it!' said another. "'If you could, you'd soon be transported,' said a third, while the whole kitchen, in one chorus immediately on its completion, proclaimed that it was D-d well done. Adding to that, not one swell in a score would view it in any other light than a ream genuine concern. Lawyer Joe was up to his trade. He folded the paper in official style, creased it as if it was long written and often examined, attached the signatures of the minister and church wardens, and, dipping his finger under the fireplace, smeared it with ashes, and made the whole the best representation of a true account of a horse in the mad staggers and a child in the measles that could be desired by the oldest and best cadger on the munkery these professional writers are in possession of many autographs of charitable persons and as they keep a dozen or more bottles of different shades of ink and seldom write two documents on exactly the same sort of paper it is difficult to detect the imposition a famous lurker who has been previously alluded to in this work was once taken before a magistrate at york whose own signature was attached to his fakement the imitation was excellent and the lurker swore hard and fast to the worthy justice that he the justice did write it in his own saddle-room as he was preparing to ride and gave him five shillings too the effrontery and firmness of the prisoner's statement gained him his discharge it is not uncommon in extensive districts say for instance a section of a county taking in ten or a dozen townships for a school of lurkers to keep a secretary and remit his work and his pay at the same time in london this functionary is generally paid by commission and sometimes partly in food beer and tobacco the following is a fair estimate of the scale of charges friendly letter no shillings sixpence long ditto no shillings ninepence petition one shilling no pence ditto with ream monikers genuine signatures one shilling and sixpence ditto with gammy monikers forged names Two shillings and sixpence. Very heavy, dangerous, three shillings. Manuscript for a broken down author. Ten shillings, no pence. Part of a play for ditto, seven shillings and sixpence. To this I may add the prices of other articles in the begging line. Loan of one child without grub, no shillings, nine pence. Two Ditto, one shilling, no pence. Ditto with grub and Godfrey's cordial, no shillings, nine pence if out after twelve at night for each child extra no shillings two pence for a school of children say half a dozen two shillings and sixpence loan of any garment per day no shillings two pence going as a pal to vindicate any statement one shilling no pence such is an outline open to circumstantial variation of the pay received for the sort of accommodation required there is a very important species of lurking or screaming which has not yet been alluded to it is well known that in the colliery districts an explosion of fire damp frequently takes place when many lives are lost and the men who escape are often so wounded as to render amputation of a leg or arm the only probable means of saving them from the grave of course the accident with every particular as to date and locality goes the round of the newspapers such an event is the sort of godsend to the begging letter writer if he is anything of a draughtsman so much the better he then procures a sheet of vellum and heads it with a picture of an explosion and exhibiting men boys and horses up in the air and a few nearer the ground minus a head a leg or an arm with a background of women tearing their hair and a few little girls crying such a fakement professionally filled up and put into the hands of an experienced lurker will bring thee amanuensis or screever two guineas at least and the proceeds of such an expedition have in many cases averaged sixty pounds per week the lurker presenting this would have to take with him three or four countrymen dressed in the garb of colliers one at least knowing something of underground work these he would engage at a bob and nob one shilling each and if he made a good day give them a toothful of rum beside as such men are always left outside the jigger door, of the houses they are of course ignorant of the state of the subscription list a famous lurker to whom we have previously referred nicholas a blank, kept a man of business to himself and gave him from five shillings to ten shillings and sixpence per day nicholas who was tolerably educated could write very well but as his secretary could imitate twelve different hands he was of course no trifling acquisition It would not be easy to trace the history of all or even many of the men who pursue the begging-letter trade as professional writers. Many of the vagrant tribe write their own letters, but the vast majority are obliged to have assistance. Of course, they are sometimes detected by the fact that their conversation does not tally with the rhetorical statement of the petition. The few really deserving persons, well-born and highly educated, who subsist by begging, are very retired and cautious in their appeals they write concisely and their statements are generally true to a certain extent or perhaps rigidly so in relation to an earlier part of their history these seldom live in the very common lodging-houses the most renowned of the tribe who write for others and whose general trade lies in forged certificates of bankruptcy seizure of goods for rent and medical testimonies to infirmity is an irishman brought up in london and who may be seen almost every night at the bar of a certain public house in drury lane he lives or did live at one of the model lodging houses very few persons know his occupation they suppose that he is connected with the press several years ago this person says one who knew this trade well was regularly hard up and made a tender of his services to a distinguished m p who took a lively interest in the emancipation of the jews he offered to visit the provinces hold meetings and get up petitions the honourable member tested his abilities and gave him clothes and a ten-pound note to commence operations i saw him says my informant the same night and he mooted the subject to me over a glass of whisky punch not that i care said he if all the b blank y jews were in h blank ll but i must do something but how asked my informant will you get up the meetings and then the signatures you know meetings was the reply don't mention it i can get millions of signatures the pretended jewish advocate never left london he got from ireland a box of old documents relative to bygone petitions for repeal and so on and on these he put a frontispiece suited to his purpose got them sent to bath and bristol and thence transmitted to his employer who praised his perseverance and sent more money to the post-office of one of the above-named towns this was countermanded to london and jovially spent at tom springs in holborn hitherto the movements of the begging letter writer self-considered have been chiefly dwelt upon there is another class of the fraternity however of whom some notice must here be taken namely those who to meet cases of great pretension and consequent misgivings on the part of the noblemen or gentry to whom fakements are presented become referees to professional beggars these referees are kept by local schools of beggars in well-furnished apartments at respectable houses and well-dressed their allowance varies from one pound to three pounds per week but the most expert and least suspected dodge is referring to some dignified person in the country a person however who exists nowhere but in imagination suppose says my informant i am a beggar i apply to you for relief perhaps i state that i am in prospect of lucrative employment if i could get enough money to clothe myself you plead the number of impositions i consent to that fact but offer you references as to the truth of my statement i refer you to the honourable and reverend mr erskine at cheltenham any name or place will do you promise to write and tell me to call in a few days meanwhile i assume the name of the gentleman to whom i have referred you and write forthwith to the postmaster of the town in question, requesting that any letter coming there directed to the Honourable and Reverend Mr. Erskine may be forwarded to my present address. I thus discover what you have written, frame a flattering reply, and address it to you. I send it under cover to a pal of mine at Cheltenham, or elsewhere, who posts it. I call half an hour after you receive it, and, being satisfied, you give me a donation, and perhaps introduce me to some of your friends.' Thus I raise a handsome sum, and the fraud is probably never found out. One of the London lurkers who has good means of forming a calculation on the subject assures me that the average earnings of lurkers in London alone, including those who write for them, cannot be less than £6,000 per annum. Two of the class were lately apprehended at the instance of the Duke of Wellington, On their persons was found fifteen sovereigns, one five-pound note, a silver watch with gold guard, and two gold watches with a ribbon attached to each. Their subscription book showed that they had collected six hundred and twenty pounds during the current year. A man named Mackenzie, who was transported at the last Bristol Assizes, had just received a cheque for one hundred pounds from a nobleman lately deceased most of the professionals of this class include a copy of the court guide among their stock in trade in this all the persons known to be charitable have the mark reader's note a small circle divided into four quarters end reader's note, set against their names i have been furnished with a list of such persons accompanied with comments from the notebook of an old stager thirty years on the monkery and as he adds never quaddied but twice the late Queen Dowager, Honorable William Ashley, the Bishop of Norwich, Sergeant Talford, Charles Dickens, Samuel Rogers, the poet, Samuel Warren, author of extracts from the diary of a physician, Honorable G.C. Norton, the Beak, Magistrate, but good for all that, Reverend E. Holland, Hyde Park Gardens, the late Sir Robert Peel, Countess of Essex, only good to sickness or distressed authorship, Marquis of Bredelbane good on anything religious the editor of the sun madame celeste Marquis of Blandford, duke of portland duke of devonshire lord john bentinck deceased god almighty wouldn't let him live he was too good for this world lord skelmersdale lord john manners lord lyttelton mrs elder exeter lady emily ponsonby a devilish pretty wench miss Burdett cootes f stuart esq bath mrs groves salisbury mrs mitchell dorchester mrs taggart bayswater her husband is a unitarian minister not so good as she but he'll stand a bob if you look straight at him and keep to one story archdeacon sinclair at kensington but not so good as archdeacon pott as was there afore him he was a good man he couldn't refuse a dog much more a christian but he had a butler a regular knock who was a b blank and a half good weight Lady Cottonham used to be good, but she is coopered spoilt now. Without you as a slum, any one as she knows, and then she won't stand above a bull. Five shillings. End of section 53.